Welcome back to 10 and 20, the official podcast of the Battle of Franklin Trust, where we talk about interesting aspects of Tennessee history in roughly 20 minutes. My name's Brad. And my name's Sarah. We hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and now we're getting pretty close to Christmas, New Year's. We're going to take a little bit of a holiday break just to give ourselves some time to make some new episodes and to give you guys some time to, you know, hang out with your family and your friends. So this will be the end of season two, but look out uh, probably the beginning of February for us to announce season three. But also we, we hope to have a couple little bonus episodes in the meantime. We do have a short episode for you today, though. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the ratification of the 13th Amendment because this Friday, December 6th, will be the 154th anniversary of when that amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified. So that's just three days from now. And the House passed the new amendment in January of 1865, but it took almost a year for 27 out of 36 states at the time to ratify it. And the last state to ratify the amendment was Georgia, officially adding it to the U.S. Constitution. And the 13th Amendment was the first of the three Reconstruction Amendments. And I think arguably those three amendments are are some of the most um, impactful that have ever, uh, amendments that have ever uh, happened to the U.S. Constitution. So the 13th Amendment abolished slavery in the United States. Following that, the 14th Amendment made anybody born in the United States into a citizen of the United States, and it, it did other things. We've talked about the 14th Amendment before. And then the 15th Amendment gave any male citizen the right to vote. So these amendments would usher in the Reconstruction era, and they would, they'd be a really big deal. So we wanted to talk briefly about the 13th Amendment. But first off, let's just read the text of that amendment. So section one, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. And then section two is just, Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So basically, that's the fancy word for saying that slavery can no longer legally exist within the United States. Unless you're a criminal. Yeah, but that's another that's another podcast. For another time. <laughs> yes, for, for next another year. time. So how did this how did this amendment affect Tennessee? I don't know about you, Brad, but frequently on my tours, I get asked when the slaves in Tennessee were actually freed. And spoiler alert, it's not with the 13th Amendment. Or with the Emancipation Proclamation. I think that's another um, confusing thing for a lot of people is that did slavery actually end with the Emancipation Proclamation or not? And I think it was it's worth talking about. Yeah, because in 1860, so a little bit before the start of the war, there were just over 275,000 enslaved people that were living here in Tennessee. About a quarter of the population of Tennessee mm-hmm. were slaves. So a large, large number. And, well, on January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln released the Emancipation Proclamation. Now... As you just said, this proclamation did not free Tennessee slaves. It only applied to states that had seceded from the Union and those that were not under U.S. control. And that's the part that really affected Tennessee because, like we've talked about many times, Nashville and Tennessee in general were occupied by U.S. soldiers for the majority of the Civil War. So by some standards, Tennessee was not currently in rebellion and therefore not affected by the Emancipation Proclamation. But that's not the only reason. Yeah, in addition to that... 
Andrew Johnson asked Lincoln not to include, to exclude, uh, Tennessee from this as well. And for those regular listeners, you may remember we did two whole episodes on the Andrew Johnson. We go into a lot of detail about this subject. So if you are interested in learning about that a bit more, listen to that previous podcast. At this point, Andrew Johnson is the military governor of Tennessee. And so he essentially lobbies Lincoln to exclude Tennessee from that proclamation. Johnson, you'll you'll definitely remember this if you listen to those two episodes. He was uh, a very he was a man of some great contradictions. He was a Southerner by birth, um, but he was also a big believer in the Union and the importance of the Union. He um, he owned slaves, uh, but he believed that the Southern states did not have a right to secede because uh, of the institution of slavery or any other reason. And actually, when he began his career as military governor, he was in support of continued slavery. But by 1863, his his views on emancipation had slowly began to change. In an impromptu speech on August 29th, he actually declared himself in support for immediate emancipation of the slaves, although he does continue to hold pretty strict prejudices against blacks for the rest of his life. A little bit later, on October 24th, 1864, Andrew Johnson gave a speech where he proclaimed, I, Andrew Johnson, do hereby proclaim freedom, full, broad, and unconditional to every man in Tennessee. But even at that point, it was just something he was saying. It wasn't actually official. Yeah, that didn't automatically free the Tennessee slaves. That would have to come with an amendment to the Tennessee Constitution. Actually, two amendments to the Tennessee Constitution. So now we're to the point in time where Johnson has already been elected vice president of the United States, but is not currently sworn into office yet. So he's using this power that he had as VP to guide Tennessee to hold a constitutional convention, to add um, actually two amendments that relate to emancipation. Those two amen- Those two amendments said this. Slavery and involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, are hereby forever abolished and prohibited throughout the state. And then the second one stated, the legislature shall make no law recognizing the right of property in man. So those are clearly reminiscent of what would eventually become the 13th Amendment. Yeah, the wording is pretty similar there. And Johnson was pretty sure that these amendments were going to get passed. On January 17, 1865, he wrote to Lincoln, The ordinance abolishing slavery will be adopted by the people on the 22nd of February. And about a month later, they are adopted to the Tennessee State Constitution. According to one source, the two amendments were ratified by a referendum of 25,293 to 49 votes. And it's interesting. So Tennessee was exempt from the Emancipation Proclamation, but actually abolished slavery well before the 13th Amendment was passed. We just thought this would be an interesting story to tell um, in light of the 154th anniversary of the 13th Amendment. So we hope you enjoyed our little tidbit of U.S. and Tennessee facts today and continue to look out for our bonus material in our coming break. Follow us on Instagram at 10 and 20 podcast. Sign up to our newsletter uh, by going to our website, boft.org slash podcast. But we hope that you have enjoyed season two of 10 and 20. Come back in February of 2020 for season three.